You are listening to a Crosspoint Peachtree City podcast. For more information, please visit our website at www.crosspointptc.com. Christmas. Thanks for bringing to this church into this building, onto this live stream. If you're, you're watching from somewhere else, good evening. I uh, made the mistake of saying good morning now three times already. I'm sure I'm not the only one. The over-under for me is five for the evening, uh, just so you're aware. Uh, if we haven't met, my name's Jamie. I'm one of the pastor elders of our church, uh, privileged uh, most times when we gather as the church with the uh, responsibility of preaching God's word. And it really is a privilege and not just on the, the biggest days on the Christian calendar. Having said that, uh, I'm incre- incredibly excited that you're here this evening, um, whether this is your first time visiting us or you call our church home. If you live in the area and you don't have a church home, speaking of, uh, my hope is that your experience as you gather with us this evening is one of, of truth and grace, uh, and that with that, the Lord would stir in you a desire to gather with us again as we move into the new year and see what the Lord might do in your life. Whether you're exploring the truth claims of Christianity or simply a believer without a church to call your own in this season of, of life. As many of you know, the aim of our time in the scriptures this Advent season has been to explore the traditional Advent themes of hope and peace and joy and love. And this evening, we'll look at this idea of faith. The word Advent derived from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming or arrival. It's a season celebrated by the church dating all the way back to the fourth century. We've been doing this for about 1,700 years now. A season meant to focus our attention on the coming of Jesus into the world the joyful celebration of his first coming and the humble trappings of a smelly stable. The author of this great story of redemption having stepped into the pages of his own writing. Emmanuel, God with us. And at the same time, the hopeful anticipation of his second coming, the return of heaven's king to fully and finally fulfill our every longing. That our hearts might be awakened, the hope of Advent to to the both and, a feeling sense of deepest joy and deepest longing. As a people situated in redemptive history between the two Advents, the two comings of Jesus. A people living in the already and not yet time in between, you might say. And so with that said, I invite you this evening to open up your Bible, if you have one, to John chapter 20, verses 27 through 29. If you don't, have a Bible, there should be one underneath one of the seats in the row in front of you. You're welcome to use one of those Bibles during your time with us this evening. If you don't own a Bible, uh, please take one of those copies with you as the church's gift to you. Merry Christmas. We would be happy to gift you a copy of the scriptures. As you're opening up to this evening's passage, let me go ahead and, and pray for us for our time in the word this evening. Heavenly Father, thank you for the hope the peace, the joy that's ours because of this great story, this truest of fairy tales that we call Christmas. We are, in fact, a people living in the the time in between. And with that, we look back in joyful celebration at promises already fulfilled, the birth of Christ our Savior. 
but we also look forward with great longing, acknowledging that all is not right in the world, that there's still sin, there's still sorrow, there's still brokenness, there's still relational hostility and enmity between people. There's so many things that they're not right in this world in which we live. And so we long for that, the great happily ever after of Christmas too, that there's still gifts under the tree that wait. And so I pray this evening, as I've prayed throughout the course of this Advent season for us as a church and for anyone who may just be visiting this evening, Lord, that you would stir that both and within us as we sit with your word in front of us as we sit with the story of Christmas in front of us, as we sit with the beauty of the gospel in front of us, as we consider the Christ of Christmas. Spirit of God, would you move in power during this time as we, as we sit with your word? Otherwise, this would be an exercise in futility. Holy Spirit, move powerfully. Would you give me a feeling sense of the very things that I preach over the course of these next few minutes? And Lord, may you and you alone ultimately receive the glory for our time together this evening. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Yeah, there you go. We can have amens, no bingos, but amens are good. Come as no surprise to you all for, to hear me say that, that Christmas is a season of believing. In fact, many would say that Christmas without believing is no Christmas at all. And yet... Many never stop to, to sit with the question, to wrestle with the question, belief in who? Belief in, in what? Belief in the goodness of mankind? Belief in jolly old Saint Nick? Belief in the spirit of Christmas? There's a lot of belief out there. It's not enough to be a person of hope. It's not a person, uh, enough to be a person of faith, of belief. That faith requires an object, someone or something upon which our faith must be placed. For the Christian, not simply knowledge of and agreement with the redemptive historical events that make Christmas Christmas, though yes and amen to that, but two, personal trust in the Christ of Christmas, arresting in Jesus for the forgiveness that can only be found in him. As, as Martin Luther once wrote, the gospel does not merely teach about the history of Christ, no, it enables all who believe it to receive it as their own, which is the way the gospel operates. Of what benefit, Luther asked, would it be to me if Christ had been born a thousand times and it would daily be sung into my ears in a most lovely manner if I were never to hear that he was born for me or was to be my very own? Friendship with the living God intimacy with the living God, peace with the living God, where there was once only alienation and hostility. That's the story of Christmas. It's the most intimate of rescue stories. The story of a, a cradle leading to a cross, Christ having come to rescue his people from the hopelessness of our sin. As J.I. Packer once wrote, the Christmas message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity, hope of pardon, hope of peace with God, hope of glory, because at the Father's will, Jesus became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 years later, he might hang on a cross. 
Many of you have heard me say this several times over the course of the many Christmas seasons that we've gathered as a church. The truth of Christmas is that Jesus was born to die. The tiny hands of the newborn Jesus destined to receive the nails of crucifixion. Hope for a ruined humanity. The only hope for a ruined humanity. That, that yes, we're far more sinful than we ever imagined. Our sin problem runs so much deeper than we know, and yet we're also far more loved than we ever dared dream. That there's good news for a world of lost sinners. We just read it. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So that I, would, I would ask this morning, have you, or this evening, there we go. <laughs> have you repented of your sins and personally trusted in the Christ of Christmas. Perhaps today is the day of salvation for someone in this auditorium, the day to receive the greatest Christmas gift the world has ever known. And speaking of gifts, the story of Christmas is one filled with people who got the blessing and privilege, the gift of seeing Jesus face to face. Those like Mary and Joseph, surely the first to look upon the miracle of God incarnate, God in the flesh, followed by the, the shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night, and the wise men from the east who came with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And let's not forget Simeon, who got the privilege, the honor of holding the infant Jesus in his arms, and the prophetess Anna, who faithfully waited for God's promised redemption and saw it with her own eyes. John the Baptist, blessed to stand in the Jordan River with Jesus and participate in his baptism. And the disciples, who got to spend roughly three years with Jesus in the flesh, day in and day out. And the many to whom Jesus ministered over the course of those three incredible years. Perhaps None more grateful to see Jesus face to face than the blind beggar. Can you imagine? And then there were those who were there for the triumphal entry who stood outside of Jerusalem shouting glory to God in the highest. Hosanna. And Simon of Cyrene who carried the cross of Jesus up Mount Calvary. And the many who stood at the foot of that very cross and watched as Jesus suffered and died. And the many blessed to gaze upon the risen Jesus during the 40 years between his resurrection and ascension. I don't know about you, but at times I wonder what it, what it would have been like to, to have been alive during the time of the first advent, the first coming of Jesus into the world, the birth of Christ, to stare into the eyes of God's promised Messiah, to look full in his wonderful face as we sing. Born just a little too late, you and I. Counted among them the many, as Paul says, who walk by faith, not by sight. The many, as Peter says, who love him, though we have not seen him. And yet, we, you and I too are blessed. We're blessed. This according to the very words of the risen Jesus himself, as he stood before Thomas in a moment of doubt. Here's where John chapter 20 comes in. Verses 27 through 29. Then Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? 
Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The, the, the The manger is just as empty today as the tomb. And yet, and this is a wonder, consider this as we gather in this very place, Christ is present with us even now. By his word, by his spirit. In the words of one writer, We may not have touched his swaddling cloths or heard his newborn cries, but we have everything we need to experience him. His visible signs are bread and wine. His voice resounds from a pulpit and a page. His eyes and ears and hands are on display in the weekly assembly of his beloved body. And someday he will return. The same Jesus who made his appearance in a lowly manger 2,000 years ago, and he will be just as visible and real as he was when he came to lowly Bethlehem. It's the hope of verses like 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Or how about Revelation chapter 22, verses 3 and 4. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the lamb will be in it. That is in the new Jerusalem and his servants will worship him and they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Right, this too, it's a part of the story of Christmas, the, the new and glorious morn of the second advent, the promised gifts of Christmas future for those who belong to Jesus. The greatest being that we will stare into the eyes of our Redeemer and King. Until that day, we walk by faith, experiencing the joy of God's presence in the presence of the unseen Christ. Blessed for believing, though we haven't yet seen. The object of our faith, sure, giving truest and deepest meaning to Christmas. I love the way the Puritan Thomas Manton once wrote, wrote it. He says, as before the sun rises, and you've seen this, there are some forerunning beams and streaks of light that usher it in. So the joys of the Holy Spirit are but the morning glances of the daylight of glory and of the sun of happiness that shall arise upon us in another world. And here's the beauty of Christmas is that it invites us into both. The joys of walking in the Holy Spirit even now, walking by faith in the Lord Jesus, experiencing the presence of Christ by his spirit right now, gifts under the tree for the taking, and two, the son of happiness that awaits in the dawning of the second advent when we shall behold the daylight of the glory of Christ with glorified eyes. We may have missed his first coming. We will not miss his second. And we celebrate both this evening. Merry Christmas, church. In a moment, we're gonna worship him as we have been through our song, through the opening of the scriptures together. We're too going to Worship Christ through the receiving of the Lord's Supper. If you're not a Christian, I would encourage you not to partake of the bread and the cup this evening, but rather that your next step would be one of repentance and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins.
For we who have put our trust in Christ, as many of you know, we take the bread representing the broken body of Jesus and we dip it in the cup representing his shed blood. There are communion tables at either side of the stage and there's a gluten-free table in the back corner there. We're gonna do things a little differently this evening because we have some other elements coming in our service. Normally we give a little bit of space between the end of the sermon and the end of the service for people to come whenever you're ready to receive of the elements of communion. But this evening, uh, as James comes up, the band comes up, um, we're gonna invite you over this next song, at some point over this next song, to come and partake of the bread and the cup. We're gonna move into a candle lighting time after that. And, uh, and so uh, I'm gonna pray for us. And uh, we have many opportunities through the receiving of the Lord's Supper to worship Christ our Savior and King, through our collective song, through even the lighting of candles. As we, we talked about during the Advent reading, look around, look at all the lights in this place, the symbolism. People put, put them on their homes and they don't even, half of them know what they're doing. But we know. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions about this message, visit us at crosspointptc.com. There you can contact us, find further resources, and directions to our gatherings. That's C-R-O-S-S-P-O-I-N-T-E-P-T-C.com.